Psalm 104. I'm not sure whether to comment first uh, or at the end. Psalm 103, which we read yesterday, was that psalm of all the benefits of being a believer. This psalm 104 is a companion psalm. It, they go together. Psalm 103 and 104 are a pair. And Psalm 103 was all about the benefits of God to you as a believer. But Psalm 104 is all about what God did in creation. It's almost like the benefits that he gave to everyone. Well, it's almost like common grace. Psalm 104 actually traces the, the days of creation, the six days of creation, and goes through day one all the way through to day six, saying what God did. And so we've got these two psalms that highlight how wonderful God is and all he's done. One, Psalm 103 for you, and this one, Psalm 104, is, is his wonders in creation. Let's read. Bless Yahweh my soul. Yahweh my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honour and majesty. He covers himself with light as a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his rooms in the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He walks on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds and his servants flames of fire. He laid the foundations of the earth that it will not be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a cloak and the waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the voice of your thunder they hurried away. The mountains rose and the valleys sank down to the place you had assigned to them. You set a boundary that they might not pass over and they don't turn again to cover the earth. He sends springs into the valleys, they run on the mountains. They give drink to every animal of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by them, they sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his rooms, and the earth is filled with the fruit of your works. He causes the grass to grow for livestock, and plants for men to cultivate that he may produce food out of the earth. Wine that makes the heart of man glad, oil to make his face to shine, bread that strengthens the man's heart. Yahweh's trees are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon which he has planted, where the birds make their nests, the stork makes its home in the cypress, the high mountains are for wild goats, the rocks a refuge for rock badgers. He appointed the moon for seasons, and the sun knows when to set. You make darkness, and it is night, and which all the animals of the forest prowl. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work, to his labour until the evening. Yahweh, how many are your works? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your riches. There is the sea, great and wide, in which the innumerable living things, both small and large animals. There the ships go, and Leviathan, whom you formed to play there. These all wait for you, that you may give them their food in due season. You give to them, they gather. You open your food, they are satisfied with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. You send out your spirit, and they are created. You renew the face of the ground. Let Yahweh's glory endure forever. Let Yahweh rejoice in his works. He looks at the earth and it trembles. He touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to Yahweh as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have any being. 
Let my meditation be sweet in him. I will rejoice in Yahweh. Let sinners be consumed out of the earth. Let the wicked be no more. Bless Yahweh my soul. Praise Yah. So this is the companion psalm, and it follows the days of creation. Day one, we see that in verse one. It says Yahweh, or day one is actually verses one through five. And it goes on about how the Lord established the light and he rode on the clouds and all of that. So then day two is from verses six through to nine. It talks about how he, he separated the waters. The waters were above the mountains, but the springs came out. If you know your days of creation from the book of Genesis, you know that day one was light. Day two was the separating of the water. So the creating of the land and the creating of the water. Well, that's verses six through nine. Day three of creation, is about the plants. And it goes on and it talks about him, um, you know, giving the birds get to rest in the trees and he causes the grass to grow for the livestock and, and plants that man can grow. So it talks about all the, the benefit of the plants that helps the animals and helps the birds and helps the people, even wine, you know. So that's day three from verses 10 all the way through to 14. And then verse day four, I haven't exactly written this down very concisely, but day four is about the sun, the moon, and the stars. And we see in verse 19, he appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows when to set. You made it darkness, and it is night. So that's day four, all about the sun and the moon and the stars. And then from verse 25 on, he starts talking about the animals. That's day five of creation. Yahweh, you know your works, and in wisdom you've made them all. He made all the animals. He made things like squirrels. <laughs> He made other animals which are amazing, like, you know, giraffes. And uh, such diversity of animals, kangaroos, you know, and you think of animals like, uh, egg-laying animals like lizards and, and birds, and then you think of mammals, you know, like tigers that don't lay eggs. And then you think of weird combo animals like the platypus, which are kind of like a mammal that does lay eggs. God's just created such diversity, it's incredible. And then we get down to day six, in verse 30, it's all got to do with people. And he says, you send out your spirit and they are created. You know, when God made Adam, he did make him out of the dirt, but then he breathed into him and his spirit went into him. And you know, people, we're not just, we're not just animals like animals are. We're animals that have the spirit in us. You know, we, we're a bit more complicated than just regular animals. It says he sent out his spirit and we were created. Verse 31, let Yahweh's glory endure forever. Let Yahweh rejoice in his works. And God did rejoice in his works. He looked at it all and said it is good. So verse 33, I will sing to Yahweh as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. While I'm alive, I will praise him. Psalm 104 is worth reading again and thinking more about. Think of all that God has done, you know, think of creation in its fullness. And um, I watched a video recently and it was put out by the creation science people and they, they'd done this survey. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that believe in evolution. Um, there are a lot of people that believe in creation and some people kind of believe in both. And they kind of believe that God made the world, like he created the world via the evolutionary process. In my mind, um, you know, I've 
always allowed room in my heart for believers to have that opinion because, um, you know, uh, we, we've got to have big heart, big enough hearts for that. And um, But in my mind, I, I basically take the literal position with Genesis because it seems to be a literal narrative. First of all, you know, there are lots of reasons for thinking like this. And um, first of all, the book of Genesis is written as history. It's not written as kind of like a metaphor. Like when you read, say, the book of Revelation, it's clearly like metaphorical, symbolic. Revela the book of Genesis isn't like that. So the account of how God made everything isn't a metaphorical account. But what's even more interesting is that Moses is the guy that wrote that. You know, all the ancient literature of the time, you know, back then, the Babylonian uh, creation stories and, you know, the Epic of Gilgamesh, all those types of ancient documents, they're all poetry. And uh, But the Bible, the book of Genesis and all these early books are very unique in that they're not poetry. They, um, The Egyptians were the only culture that didn't write ancient poetry. Well, at least they, they might have written some, but they wrote narrative. It was the only culture that wrote narrative. Moses, who wrote the book of Genesis, was brought up in an Egyptian court, and so he wrote narrative. So what we've got in Genesis is narrative. We've got just a telling of what happened. And so I tend to take the Bible at face value. But I realize that, you know, some people um, struggle with it, and I've always had a big enough heart to allow that difference to exist, even though I don't see it that way. And as Christians, we've got to have a big enough heart like that towards fellow believers. There are, there are differences of interpretation about lots of parts of the Bible, and you can't cut people off because you have a difference. You must love them, accept them as a fellow believer, and allow them to see it that way. It's okay. <laughs> and so I do. And this video I was watching, the creation science video, they were saying they'd done this survey, and they'd surveyed people and they'd worked out that um, some huge number of people, like 70 or 80%, believed that God had made the world. Well, it might even have been 90%. But of those, um, half of them believed it was kind of like literal, literally within one week, like the book of Genesis, and the other half thought it was kind of like some kind of evolutionary process. It was only about 10 or was it 12% of people that thought purely naturalistically like as if there was no God involved. So for most people, now th this wasn't a survey of Christians, this was a survey of people. So most people think that God's involved somehow and that makes a lot of sense because it's the, the evolution itself um, is a nonsensical thing as well. Like people say that, oh, the fact that stuff just turned up out of nothing couldn't have happened, that's... That would have to be supernatural, correct. But when you look at the story of evolution, it also isn't sensical either because there's so many things that just couldn't happen unless they they would have to be helped along. If that were true, they would still need to be helped along. For example, how do you go from um, minerals to life? Where does the life come from? You know, And scientists haven't been able to figure that out because I don't believe they, they can figure that out because it's not possible. Well, how do you go from single-celled organisms like amoebas and things that reproduce by splitting in half, how do you go from that to, say, um, sexual reproduction where you need a male and a female? How does that 
come about evolution by an evolutionary process. That's really weird. As well as all the complex nature of things like eyes. You know, how do you, because they would say you need your eyes to be, you know, animals needed eyes to be able to see predators and run away. But how do you see when you haven't got eyes yet? How did, you know, so, and the eyes, of course, are highly complex. The, the body is far more complex than Charles Darwin thought it was when he was suggesting these theories in the 1800s. So, like, to me, the more that you, you look into evolution, the more you realise that itself is actually not possible. Uh, it would also would have to be supernatural if, it, if that was going to happen. And... Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that God is the creator, know which way you look at it. There has to, and plus, basic philosophy, I know we're getting, we'll take a minute and be philosophical here, but I had a, a moment at home a few months ago, one of my little children, I, I had one of my older children there visiting, and I had one of my little children there as well, and one of my little children said, Dad, um, he said, uh, who made God? <laughs> And, uh, you know, the age-old question, who made God? And uh, I said, think about this. I said to him, no one made God. God is uncreated. And I said, um, the problem with the question, who made God, is that as soon as you say an answer to it, let's say it was, you know, God minus one, then you'd say, well, who made God minus one? Then the answer to that could be God minus two. And who made God minus two? As soon as you answer that question, there's always going to be the same question again about the answer to the question that you just gave. So it doesn't matter how many times you answer that question, you have to eventually, at some point, come to a thing that is uncreated. In other words, for anything to exist at all, something uncreated must exist. For anything physical to exist, in other words, something spiritual must exist first. So now I was explaining that to my little kid, and he goes, oh, yeah, makes sense. My older child had their head blown out. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, it was just, I had never seen it that clearly. Well, that's just basic philosophy. Nothing would exist at all unless God exists first. And something uncreated must exist, or otherwise nothing will exist. People who don't want there to be a God, they say that the universe is the uncreated thing. It's just always been here. But as you know, that's, something that we struggle to get our minds around. How could something like the universe always exist that's physical? I think it's much easier to believe that a spiritual thing existed which wasn't physical than for a physical thing to have always been eternal. Besides, we have the word of the Lord. The Lord tells us that he is the eternal God, the uncreated one. And here in Psalm 104, we have a psalm praising God for his works in creation. And it says... Verse 34, let my meditation be sweet to him. I will rejoice in Yahweh. I want to leave you with this question. Why did the Lord create everything? Why did the Lord do what he did? What he did? I want you to think about that and then thank him for it. Father, I ask your grace to be upon us today. And as this video finishes and as everyone takes a minute to think about why you did what you did, I pray you'd fill our hearts with thoughts and show us the love of God afresh. Amen.